Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. Do you guys know they have fucking Denny's in Japan? Yeah. I didn't, and apparently they it takes the that. shit out of Americans' Denny's. Well, Why are you surprised, Anything man? in Japan. The Japanese... Anything, yeah. They're like us, baseball. but more. In the it's, words okay, of, uh, it's, it's, it's not to discredit the Japanese. I just thought there was a ceiling on the experience at Denny's. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Hey, buddy, a country that loves baseball as much as Japan, of course they're going to find a way to eat a Grand Slam. Come on. Okay, There's, so here's there... the thing. Now, 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 here's my proposal. Cuban Denny's. I could fuck with the Cuban Denny's. If that's your logic, Colin, Cuban Denny's. Dominican Denny's. Dominican Denny's, yes. Also, Cuban Denny's. I could do Cuban Denny's. I would feel a lot Denny's. of pork. There's an embargo involved. still. They can't get Denny's in Cuba. It's Colin. That's that's our motivate. That's it. That's how we bring. What if the embargo? If, that's how we lift the embargo is by bringing Denny's, Denny's. to Cuba. What if a guy and we like, we do a metal concert tour through no, all no, of the Denny's in Cuba. I like the idea of there being <laughs> what like the fuck is up Denny's. Denny's in Cuba that aren't associated with like the brand. They're like They're welcome, to Denny's. Denny's. welcome to <laughs> Danny's. Danny's. Welcome to Danny's. Welcome to Danny's. I like that that's just our stock, like, non-offensive foreign accent. It's just like, whatever this is. <laughs> uh, this guy. It's, hey. it's vaguely Slavic. It's it's just our fucking, uh, it's our Andy Kaufman impression. It can be <laughs> anything. It's like, it's like fucking Saddam sweatpants. It's like, I'm not entirely sure where you're from, man. Well, uh, his name is Saddam, so it's... Well, I didn't think his name was actually Saddam. I thought that was just something Well, he looks exactly like fucking Saddam Hussein. Yeah, he does look like Saddam Hussein. Well, I just realized that we're making a reference on the show that we've never made before. Justin and I used to work in an electronics store. Yeah, Separate times, actually. (laughs) Same electronics store. Separate times, same guy. Uh, and, you know, you just come up with nicknames for, like, customers that are regulars and are, yeah. like, eccentric or annoying. And one of the guy, one of the, one of the less offensive nicknames for regular customers was the guy we called Saddam Sweatpants. Because he looked identical to Saddam Hussein if you aged him, like, an extra 20 years. Like, like, entirely too close. Same mustache, same haircut, same expression on his face. All Could the have time. been a body double, genuinely. He would ask a question about every single printer in the building. Uh, and then he would, <sighs> he would ask about the exact dimensions of the printer within the box. It was and never... You, exp- you explained that to him, it wasn't enough. Yep. He had to take it out of the box, which we're like, you can't do that unless you buy it. You never wanted to buy it. Yeah. So eventually we Never would bought anything. 
this would happen every trip. Eventually, we would convince him to buy the printer, and then he would try to fit it into his car, and then it wouldn't fit, and then he would return it immediately, and then we wouldn't see him for another few weeks. It wasn't his car, it was his suitcase. Yes! I forgot it was the suitcase! It was his suit, and this man, like, he, he would he would grab he you, doing... and he, he would just go, my friend. My I in, forgot. In, in this totally unplaceable accent. My friend. My friend. Something people don't realize is that you get a much wider cross-section of Americans in an electronics store than a lot of other retail because especially in Michigan which is uh you know we're, we're kind of an international destination uh by that yeah. I mean there's a highway that connects us to Canada yeah we're uh, a real uh you know real real popular like, place to immigrate to because because a lot of people who live in southeast Michigan or work in southeast Michigan aren't like from here and don't like stay here year round like a lot of them just buy electronics here because it's the cheapest you can get them like electronics in america are way cheaper than canada and then people just lie and don't announce them when they cross the border <laughs> uh and then uh, a lot of people will buy electronics and then send them like overseas or like go over like we had a lot of like uh south asian guys we had a lot of like packs of south asian guys uh like buying cell phones in bulk that, yeah, that of, happened a lot. A lot yeah. of, and it was never like the same. Like it was never the same guys, but there was always like a dozen people. And I remember all there buying, being a guy. They're all buying one phone. They're all wearing sandals. Their toenails are way too long. Pair of slacks, polo shirt. Oh yeah, that was that was the experience at this this electronics store that we worked at. It really was. It's a nightmare. It it wasn't great. <sighs> It, honestly, it wasn't if, fun. You, if you didn't have to be there and you weren't relying on the goodwill of these people for a paycheck, it would have been way more fun. Yeah. Because cause then you could just sit back and you could, like, enjoy how eccentric everybody was and how, like, surreal and, like, crazy. Like, when that lady came in who was being gang-stalked, or so she thought. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and I had to convince her... That uh, her computer wasn't being hacked, uh, and that she wasn't being followed. And then when one of the other people that worked in the store like asked if she needed help, she came to me and like, "He's one of them. He's following me." And it's like, "That's Nick. He works till it's, ten tonight. No, I don't think he's following. You. He's not following anyone. I, he's very tired." Um, I was very, I was very tempted to be like, "I've never seen him before. I don't think he really works here." He doesn't work. <laughs> It's, I, you know, there, there are always those customers that stick out <laughs> You know out what, I've you. never I, seen that guy before in my life. I think you're fucking right. I, I always remember the time I walked up to a woman, a woman and I was like, hey, do you need help with anything? And her first words to me, apropos of nothing else, were, oh, my prince, don't tell me you were smoking, because I had just come in from a cigarette break, and I just turned around and walked away. That's what you do. That's what you do. My prince, my prince, you're going to fucking, first of all, I look like this. Second of all, you're going to call me my prince? I don't remember even how know malnourished you. I was when I worked I at this electronics store. You, lady. You, I, I looked like a skeleton made of paper bags. He, he was on an all-liquid diet. It was only monster energy and fucking cigarettes. Yeah, it was uh, monster energy, cigarettes, and occasionally I would have white rice. I, I had a similar interaction after a smoke break at this electronics store, and... Uh, Except instead of saying, oh, my prince, you haven't been smoking, uh, uh, it w and uh, instead of being a woman, 
it was a 60-plus-year-old man in a windbreaker from the late 80s who uh, immediately started talking to me about 9-11 and asked if I carried a constitution around with me. Uh, he tried to touch me and talk to me for like 30 minutes. Uh, and I, I just let it happen. I was too poli- Yeah, it really made a hard impression on me. Yes, uh, he's just real Because handy. I could see the imprint of his dick through his pants. Mm. Yeah, he was enjoying that a little too much. Fun. So, if you're so, some kind of sexual sadist, just go shit. and oh my god, Tyler, yeah. what the okay? fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. Did you get hit boy. with a paintball? No, I I had to go to the doctor day for it. What is um, it? A cyst? Well, yeah, it's a cyst. But immediately, of course, my brain was like, "You're fucking dying. It's a fucking tumor. You're dead." It's a, t- um, it's a tumor. If, okay, there's an infectious t- tunnel to your heart. Don't worry about if you. Or can it looks see like it. some shit from Alien. If you can um, take it off with a grapefruit spoon, you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, it's a it's a cyst that's uh, one of my like sweat glands is blocked. Yeah, and uh, it's like that little like bump's been there for like years, and I've just never done anything about it because you know, yeah. And uh, now I got one it's of those like in my leg. now it's red and it hurts. Uh, mm. So I was like, oh, now I should I probably should probably go to the doctor. And of course, I waited like three or four days because no, you I wait did for the, it to go down. Yeah, I did the That's typical it. thing of like, eh, you know, if it's it gets fine. better by itself, it did not. It got it got worse. And uh, so now here we are. I'm taking antibiotics. Not there right. you go. Hey, it's the old Polak. Polaks were very we're like predispositioned. This is not a joke. We are like genetically predispositioned to a lot of different skin diseases. Yeah. So much so that like. You can tell somebody's Polish by if they have more than one skin tag on their neck or face. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, let me take a look at that neck. Skin tag. One, two, three. Oh, yep, yep. You're fucking Polish. Your last Polish. name ends in ski. Uh-huh. Styes. You get a sty. Like getting styes. Oh, I would is super get styes all the Polacks. fucking time. Uh, I got one once, and it was the a fucking nightmare. I it sucked so bad, yeah, but it just popped in the middle because, of the night when I was sleeping, and it was fine. Yeah, yeah because yeah. everyone's like, "Are you okay?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Yeah, I'm. F- I, yeah, like, it's, fine. I've just got like a. I've just got this pee in front of my eye. It's fine. It looks like it looks like a bee stung my brain, but yes, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm total. I'm okay. Okay, it's all good. All right. Yeah, it's fun. So that's, anyway, that's uh, uh, speaking of lying, Polish health problems with the boys. Uh, look like a frame frozen from the movie Scanners, but it's okay. Bang. Well, time to make the audience's head explode with some mind-blowing historical facts. Isn't that right, fellas? Uh, Isn't that yeah. the smoothest transition we've ever done? Historical facts are my favorite, so... Alright, well... Smooth as pumice, this one. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, the show where we three stuffed sheep stomachs attempt to bring just a little bit of our haggisy truth to the world. My name is Justin St. Peter, and I'm one-eighth Lilliputian to my left. It's Colin Stanley, and the Scottish are just as degenerate as the English. They're just, you know, less honest about it to my left. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm Scottish and can confirm. <laughs> exactly. Well, guess who's back behind the reins, gentle bitches? He's back again. In the, in the words of our uh, lord and savior, Drizzy Drake, he got back the drink going in back to back. Back to back. Back to back. Oh, man, we need to get a savior that is not trying to fuck children. All right, well, your resident raccoon's back with another historical tale of confidence gaming. Um, yeah, you know, I just felt like doing a couple episodes. So uh, I, I may be coming down with the COVID because my girlfriend has it. So oh, we'll she see how that works. Go get yeah. tested? 
Um, I tested today at an at-home test. It's negative, but... Hmm. Did you test negative the last time when you were sick? Yeah. When you had that fever? Yeah, I tested was, last week when I had the ick, and I had I was negative. Was it the, the rapid test? It is an at-home... It? it was an at-home test. So okay. I also well, tested negative today. I'm probably going to give you a PCR this week. But. Yeah, they probably you probably had it. There's those tests. There's a failure rate, and there's a the whole yeah, thing, and it's hot outside. And, you know, I know. In any case, the humidity. The know. heat could damage the test. It could. It, it very it very well could. But in in any case, the good news is I'm going to make lemonade out of all this phlegm uh, because we're doing an episode today about Gregor McGregor. Uh, a man whose no whose name is little known here in North America, but who played an interesting part in the development of South America. A real Venezuelan Scotsman, one might say. Gre- Gregor McGregor is like the name of like a house slave that like dies like building a brownstone in Boston. Yeah, that sounds his, about right. His bones are just buried underneath the foundation where he deserves because his fucking Mick fucking descendants are now just like cops beating black people to death it also sounds like a dude that could definitely be running for like state congress oh gregor mcgregor is oh yeah that's a like yeah Yeah. that's a sign i've seen in ohio he's running in the the pennsylvania gubernatorial race against fucking dr oz yeah he's in a he's in a plus 22 republican district he knows he's gonna win if he gets this primary but isn't dr oz a turk i don't know i know he's a resident of new jersey well, it's too no, expensive. It's he's too running expensive in the, the Pennsylvania race, though. Yeah, he's still a resident of New Jersey. Hilarious. Yeah. Hey, he's I don't live here, but in Pennsylvania. He's just I'll, like I'll uh, he's like Haley Stevens. Haley Stevens is running uh, for uh, House Representatives, and she literally just moved to this district so she could run for office there. Like, she's such a piece of shit. Fantastic. And she's running. She's running against Andy Levin, who's like one of the few progressive Democrats uh in michigan yeah and all she can say is like i promise to do all these things for you but yeah, that's never what da- that's what libs want. never never give a, a promise well, she, or she's never just give like a plan or literally one of the ads she's she's run is like i sat with michigan parents when they found out that the walls of their children's schools couldn't keep them safe and it's like you sat with them but you didn't do anything she's like i promised to take on the nra and then you didn't like and then you I did think... nothing you did nothing Man, these fucking people. Ugh, they right. make me squint like Alyssa Slotkin. And I will fight for women's rights to, to, to get Haley reproductive Stevens care. The ads are trash. I they will fight for women's so rights to get like reproductive Alyssa care. Slotkin. What about the last 50 years, Democrats? Let's talk about that. Well, hey, like, the thing that's made me feel better about it, because obviously we're all frustrated, we're all angry, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, Michigan's on top. We had three people from Michigan in the 2022 freshman class cipher. I understand a lot of people are upset. We did. Uh, Indeed, we did. some freshman outsized XXL. representation from Babyface Ray, Babytron, and Sofago. Yep, yep. Repping the murder men. But uh, th- at least people can rest easy now knowing that Democrats are in charge and that uh, a gremlin wearing uh human makeup is running for office Haley stevens looks like the purple monster from Ah real monsters but if you put a wig on them and painted them flesh tone nice all right that sounds well, like that could be a, a weird uh porn threat on for her f- smile is so wide it looks like she's used to like swallowing children yeah 
Well, it, it's, it's she a is a Democrat. Wild. It makes her a great Democrat. They all eat children. They're uh, all baby eaters. <clears throat> born 24th of December, 1786. Oh, he's a Christmas Eve baby. He, he was a Christmas Eve eaters. baby. He was a Christmas Eve baby. Yeah, That's Gregor sweet. McGregor was born in 1786, uh, died 3rd of December at the age of 59 in 1845. Yeah, 1845. Uh, no, 1835, right? If he was 50. Wait, can I not do math? No, I can't. Yeah, bitch. No, it's eighteen forty-five. You're right. Those are my notes. Anyways, uh, Gregor was born in Edinburgh to the clan MacGregor, a Scottish clan with a long martial history. Uh, his father was a uh, member of the East India Company. His grandfather was a soldier in the British Army. Etc. Genetically et bitch made. Yeah. Genetically bitch made. Mm-hmm. You know. You know when the fucking uh, there's that uh, there's my favorite IRA song, the Black and Tans. These guys, Ooh, these are the guys that would order. become black and tans. One of my favorite things Basically. to order at a bar. Come out, you black, black and tans. Come out and fight me like a man. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Show your wives how you won medals down in Flanders. Not a big fan of Guinness. Not a big fan of Two Hearted. But you oh. fucking do them half and half. Fuck. Different story. Is that a black and tan? No. It's no, it's not. But it's my a black, black and, tan and tan is a beer cocktail. But I would never drink one because that, of the uh, name. all of that sounds awful. Anyways. I only drink Irish carbs. <laughs> of course, um, which are phenomenal. Everybody delicious them at and every appropriate at every occasion. Yeah, just call it the American school shooting. See what happens. Now, Gregor himself spent almost all of his life in the military in service to one country or another. Um, his nationalist tendencies were. Not particularly strong, you see. Um, Gregor him, began in the British Navy, where his family purchased himself a, uh, a commission as an ensign, um, which, for those who are unfamiliar, that in uh, naval rank is the lowest rank possible for an officer. Um, that is in archaic naval rank, not in U.S. naval rank. I don't want to get into it. There's a whole thing. If you've watched Star Trek The Next Generation... Yeah. Will Wheaton plays Ensign Wesley Crusher, possibly it's, the worst character in the entire run of Star Trek ever. It's basically being an intern for the military. Yeah, you're you're the boy that everybody gets to pile on and fuck. You're the boy. Uh, you spend all the you're you're the boy that gets to be in the boy barrel because you know as we all know, uh, if you're in the British Navy, you do bugger the lads. Yes. Um, there were three things that kept the British Navy together. It was rum, the lash, and sodomy. Uh, you could now, just say Britain. Yes. Uh, now, McGregor fought for the British Navy, as we said. Um, he fought for the Portuguese and the Spanish armies uh, separately. He served in the Republican troops in the Venezuelan War for Independence, as well as serving New Grenada, Venezuela again, uh, and then running a small principality off the coast of Florida for about six months. What cool. was the name of that principality, Justin? We'll get to it. Because if it's off the coast of... I'm sorry. I just... I Unfortunately, it, I remember things. So if he was off the coast of Florida in the 1800s, there's only like two things he could have been doing there, and neither of them are good. Well, it wasn't anything that we've ever heard of because it was honestly fairly insignificant. Oh, okay. I just figured he was like, you know... Making a bunch of sugar slaves like the French were. No, he was attempting to uh, create a revolutionary foothold in Florida, but we'll we'll get on to that. Wait, we'll, we'll talk about that in I, a little bit. Is, do I like this guy? Am I supposed to like this guy? A little bit. 
We're okay. not supposed to hate him. Revolutionary okay. foothold in Florida. Okay. What's uh, oh, like his stance Rick, on Napoleon? Like it was, it was, like still, it was still Spanish territory at the time. Like Rick DeSantis is doing. Uh, now, <laughs> Gregor in the British military reached his um, so highest quote-unquote legitimate rank, in my opinion. Um, and, and that's really stretching it. Because when he was in the service, he was promoted from uh, ensign to lieutenant, which is the basest rank uh, for an officer. Um, that was on his own merit, theoretically. It's not, though, because he, he was a fucking commissioned officer. He didn't purchase this rank. But he, he purchased did. ensign. Yes, but he so didn't count. purchase the rank of lieutenant. He did, however, purchase the rank of captain uh, for about 900 pounds. If you're not a fucking NCO, you should kill yourself. <laughs> um, it's the... Anyways. <clears throat> he was more than a hero. He was a union man. He was. <clears throat> now, um, Gregor was born at the dawn of the Napoleonic era, and he had a jolly good time being an officer in the military, despite the fact that he was not a very good one. Um, and, you know... <laughs> It's not here, not there. You don't really need to be good. This to be is the eighteen hundreds. You yeah. had like basically, if you, you people were, just uh, had to kind of like you. you I not mean, even. Depending, you just depending, had to be tolerable, basically. depending on which military yeah. that you were like enlisting it, not enlisting, obviously, because he paid yeah. for his rank. If, but depending on which military you were, you were in, like, you, there were varying. Like, you only really had to be like good quality uh, at this period in time in like the French army. Mm -hmm. uh like and even then after napoleon like they still have like like supremacy but like them the russian army and then like yeah the british navy but only kind of yep uh everybody now, else was kind of just fucking around in 1810 uh due to a minor disagreement with a superior officer that spiraled out of control <laughs> gregor what do you gregor, mean i can't fuck the boys uh, no, it would if anything, it would have been, like, why don't, why don't we have more boys to fuck? Um, but Gregor McGregor requested a discharge in 1910. That he did. From his unit, the 57th Regiment of Foot. Um, those who are familiar with British military history may find that name interesting, but we'll get to that in just a second. Gregor took to civilian life for a time... Really, like, trying to put in a lot of footwork to become a man of society. Like, he really just wanted to be a socialite, and it really didn't work. Um, I mean, it's that period of time in history, right, where, like, we have, we have, like, a petty bourgeoisie that's, like, become, like, they're, like, this is, what, 30 years after the American Revolution? Yeah, after it ended, this is the Wh 18th. Which is... You know, not, like, actually a revolution in terms of, like, their politics, but a revolution in terms of what they did physically. But that was a revolution of, like, up-jumped middle-class guys who either had been in the military to get land and property, like, land and money uh, mm -hmm. and title, or were trying to do that through the revolution. I mean, George yeah. Washington was, like, a nobody whose parents bought him, like, a low rank who then, you know, decided, like, I want to be fucking you know rich so i will pursue a military career alexander hamilton same way these guys are like you know you see a lot of that at this time 
where all of a sudden people whose families were like feudal serfs and feudal peasants like 15 20 sometimes like five years ago all of a sudden they're like oh wait a second if i work here and i make the right kinds of connections and i i kill the right kinds of people i could be rich and i and i would i'll never have to go back to being a peasant and my kids won't have to be peasants perfect yep it's you know sold uh now the following year 1811 the unit that he had been a part of the 57th regiment of foot uh would make themselves very famous uh in a, a battle and and distinguish themselves uh militarily um they killed the the right people at the right time basically hmm. well. um they earned themselves the reputation the quote-unquote or the nickname the quote-unquote diehards which is um where we get the name in popular nomenclature oh interesting i yep, thought they were fact. called the the regiment of the foot because they uh pioneered foot fetishism Oh yeah, the 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 well, the crooked teeth boy rapists wouldn't fit on a flag. Yeah, yeah, you gotta wait it for that new Quentin Tarantino movie that's coming out. That doesn't make any sense, Justin. Shut they the have up. a Union Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> uh, now McGregor would uh, seize on this reputation and would attempt to use it to make himself look really good for the rest of his life, despite leaving the unit the year before. <laughs> he's stealing valor yes, yes. In, oh in my god this man is stealing valor i'm on Good this guy him. even though this guy is a fucking commissioned fancy lad pedophile i am now on his side because oh yeah he's a, he's a shiftless goon but he's doing the one honorable thing that you can do uh in that military uh career and that is steal valor yeah uh, now, this would not necessarily work in his hometown of Edinburgh, and it wouldn't gain much more traction in London either. Gregor's entire personality in the social scene was a lie, basically, besides his heavily embellished military service, which was a lie of sorts. Um, he claimed to be part of a Portuguese knightly order the direct successors to the Knights Templar, um, which was a real knightly order that he definitely was not a part of. Yeah, I was gonna, hmm. Something, I don't know, something might, I think something might happen to the Templars that might have made that difficult. But well, this was, this was a successor order after the dissolution of the original Templar order. Dissolution is a really nice way of saying... Immolation. Mass massacred and publicly Im yes, executed. The, the immolation of the Templar Order. Um, yeah, we burned a bunch of guys alive. We'll call it dissolved. How about yeah. that? <laughs> um, now, Gregor MacGregor would introduce himself to either, everyone either as Sir Gregor MacGregor or Colonel Gregor MacGregor Bart, which is an antiquated term for Baron. Uh, you see, he claimed to have inherited the MacGregor clan chieftainship fraudulently. Oh. Uh, and began to build himself a small mythology surrounding himself and his heritage. Well, this guy's like Baron Munchausen. He's like the Scottish version of Baron Munchausen. Yeah, he really fucking is. That's like, great. we're going to get into it, and he really, really is just the fucking, you know, skirt-wearing, knobbly-kneed, you know, slur-speaking Baron ruddy, Munchausen. Ruddy-faced, ape-foreheaded, sloped-back, knuckle-dragging, hairy stinky uncultured mouth breathing 
All right, calm down, Clark. We'll get you your boss for Christmas. Where's the Tylenol? Four flushing? Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> I should have done that in my... Anyways. Um... Where is the Tylenol? At the end of 1811, uh, Maria McGregor, his first wife, his first love, and financier of much of McGregor's bullshit... Uh, fell ill and died, and McGregor both lost his income and the support of his parents-in-law because they Oof. hated him. Mm. You hate to see it. You hate to see a man fumble a bag like that. Yeah, it's it's see, a shame, what, really. What you got? So here's here's the problem, right? Because like I get it, I understand. Like the more we talk about this guy, the more on his side I am. He's stealing valor. Mm-hmm. All right, love it. He got a sugar mama. Perfect. Awesome. But you can't just rely on that sugar mama because of how often, like, women just die of, like, you know, anything at that time. Uh, just like childbirth, you hysteria. Know, bullshit. Exactly. Made up things. Uh, <laughs> so, you had to, like, you had to, had to kind of, like, double work your, like, in there. So, you he either had to have, like, married her sister or, like, been fucking her sister in secret so that they could get married. Or... Mm-hmm her mom okay like those are the, your two options uh but he didn't clearly do that so no like, he no kinda both did, of them were married he he well it doesn't mean anything it does back it then they were another man's property back then people people fucked each other's wives all the time back then like yeah honestly, but he wouldn't have been able to marry him no you could marry him no, not if they were married to another person no he just killed her husband in an honor duel he wouldn't have done that because he's a shiftless goon yeah, that's why you drop, like, a barrel on their head. Are you like, yeah, he, again, he, he's not that... He doesn't have enough, like, foresight to actually like, murder anybody. We'll get in, to it. They're in Scotland. He could, like, like roll a boulder to the top of a hill. <laughs> it's He's the weakest boulder roller, though. That's why he joined the British military. He's the weakest boulder. <laughs> his, his forearms are thin and fragile. They'll snap under the weight of a boulder. Now, what what to do for a young man? Because Gregor truly was a young man. He was only 23 years old at this time. This is after his service in the uh, British military. This is after his first marriage has already ended due to his wife's death. And he is 23 years old. Where does he go? What does he do? In the early 19th century, what does a young man seeking fortune and adventure do? Get addicted to opium in China. He went the other way. Um, luckily no, for fair. Gregor, no. General Francisco de Miranda was in London, drumming up support for the Venezuelan independence from Spain. And it was in these same disinterested social circles that these two were introduced. Now, this most likely very brief introduction left Gregor so inspired with the ideas of quote-unquote New World Adventures and how that would affect his clout in Britain, that he up and sold his Scottish estate for cash and set sail on a whim for Venezuela. Now, just to give you a great example of what a fucking dandy boy this guy was, he almost didn't make it. That's fair. None of us would survive that voyage. It was not about surviving the voyage. It was because he got to Jamaica and was like, maybe I'll just stay. I get it. Jamaica sounds amazing, especially back then. That's not what made him a I mean, for boy. white people. For white that, people. Yeah, great. for white people, it was, uh, you know, clearly there was disadvantages. Uh, um, however, he, here's how much of a dandy boy he was. Uh, he didn't deign to stick around because he didn't have any letters of recommendation to the local social scene. 
Because at the time, Jamaica was still a British colony. So he enjoyed a brief vacation there on his way to Venezuela. And then he left for Caracas. Hmm. What a man. Dandy boy. What a man. Limp-wristed fop. Can we move on from Jamaica so I don't do the offensive accent that's like boiling inside of my brain right now? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Bumba Claude. <laughs> now, Gregor I said McGregor... it normal. I said it normal. You did. You said it normal. <laughs> uh, Gregor McGregor made it to Caracas, the then capital of Venezuela, uh, almost immediately after the city suffered a gigantic earthquake. Um, most of Caracas at that point was sitting in rubble. The revolutionary government was struggling with humanitarian aid uh, after the earthquake, as well as staving off royalist forces all over the country. Gregor made the interesting decision to drop parts of his fraud because he believed it would affect his uh, Republican credentials, so to speak. Oh, when he lied about being royalty? <laughs> yeah. He thought the he guys, kept, he thought he the guys fighting... He thought the guys fighting royalty might not like him as much if he kept up the lie about him being part of the royalty interest. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm not a I'm not a baron. I'm not. Well, I'm not it's a, he was Scottish, so I'm not a baron." No, I like that he's like, "I'm not a baron. I'm just a regular Scotsman." Ah, freedom. Freedom. God, his tiny little throat just struggling to scream. Um, he, he did, however, in his time in South America, attempt to maintain the myth of his knighthood. <clears throat> is that better? I feel like that's no, I don't know. better. Like, if your whole point is, like, the royal, like, the royal fate, like, because at this time, right, like, there's not, like, communism doesn't exist as an ideology, socialism doesn't no. exist. It's the, like, the French Revolution hasn't even happened, like, in full earnest. We haven't uh, had, Well, I mean, it's, it, it, they're, like, they're, the beginning of... Uh, 1811. So it's, it is the yeah. end of, like, the first French Revolution. Yeah, this is, this is when, uh, Bonap- uh, this is when Napoleon takes power, or right yeah, before. Yeah, it is, it is the beginning of the Napoleonic era. Yeah, because he... So he it is the reigned, very end of the first revolution. Yeah, he only reigned for, like, 10 years, 12 years. Yeah. 16 years he re- reigned for. Uh, but yeah, like... At this point in time, like, there wasn't, like, an ideology, like, people had just, like, ideologies and political parties and factions come from, like, liberalization that Mm. happens when feudal governments start to lose power because people all of a sudden have the time and money to, like, think and talk to each other. Yep. Um, So, like, you had, like, these kind of, like, proto-ideologies where, like, they're not, like concrete in a way where like you can draw hard boundaries around them but you can point them in opposition to people who are royalists who are just like no you shouldn't be talking or thinking at all that's why like when you talk about like bonapartists and like jacobins who are like some of like the first real like ideologues in the western world like you had like within bonaparte bonapartists people who were like screaming reactionary conservatives and also people who were like extreme what we would consider left radicals Hmm. um but like agreed that like yeah napoleon's the right way and we need to unify europe in this way and like all the fighting we do like this is appropriate the military the esprit de corps this is all appropriate 
like even though that everything else they would have disagreed on but just because those hard boundaries weren't really drawn yet so yeah you could you could be like i'm a fucking knight and but i also believe in the state of venezuela (laughs) i'm i'm a templar descendant but i'm here to fight for venezuelan freedom yeah fun Uh, stuff man fun times yeah now mcgregor ronan just basically a, a, a scottish what? ronin well they had ronin's oh uh, yeah no i'm sorry it's yeah we talked about this how there were ronin uh god who was it that hired a bunch of ronin that we talked about uh the east india company that was it yeah they just had a bunch of samurai hanging out on a boat just to be like look at all these fucking samurai look at all these <laughs> kill that samurai. kill that guy you go go ch- i just execute these people because i don't want to waste you in like a real battle <laughs> yeah you're expensive, and I importing sake also expensive. <laughs> importing sake and and grunts in Japanese is really expensive for us, the East India Company. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now McGregor, when he arrived in uh, Caracas, went straight, went straight to General Francisco de Miranda uh, and offered his services to him outright. Miranda, believing that McGregor was a member of a Portuguese knightly order, uh, as well as a former member of the 57th Regiment of Foot Diehards, uh, he was received gladly and given command of a whole regiment of or a whole battalion of cavalry and the rank of colonel. This is gonna. This sounds like it's gonna end well. Yeah, totally. Um, now, it, at first, he actually didn't too do too bad you know he routed a couple of royalist forces here and there uh you know he 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 made a couple of victories small ones um eventually the only reason really to keep him around though was the perceived glamour that he gave this this revolutionary government in venezuela um and then you know uh, luckily they didn't discover for quite a while. So they you're didn't. saying you're saying that he put the custer in custard? He 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 put the cut like he put the custer straight in custard like with his his whole cock. Like he really <laughs> he really rode this shit to the end. Oh, like he man. like I said like I mentioned earlier in the show, his second wife was uh, the daughter of a prominent Caracas family and one of Simone Bolivar's cousins, those who aren't familiar, Simone Bolivar, legendary revolutionary in South America. Um, obviously his politics are antiquated, but he, he's a nationalist. He believed yeah. he believed in like a unified like spirit like it's fucked. It's weird. It's it's you know it's again. Not, it's not a guy you'd want around today, but for the time, it was you know digestible. He was better than a royalist, it like Colin be- said. It was it was literally these these newly formed ideologies under liberalism that did not have anything in common or anything in common with modern ideology, other than the fact that royalism bad. Yeah, it's like it's it's either okay. We can we can you know we can argue amongst our political parties and decide like who's right and who's wrong or we can uh be killed for having political parties <laughs> yeah um now mcgregor eventually earned the rank of brigadier general uh in the venezuelan revolutionary army bad news for them terribly um shortly after that the uh the royalists uh took a lot of uh bolivar's land uh, and Simone Volivar's First Republic capitulated to Spanish royalist rule. Um, a happen. lot, 
Yeah, a lot of the officers uh, of this army fled, uh, and I believe they fled to Jamaica, or no, I'm sorry, they fled to Curacao, uh, which was then a Dutch-controlled island. Simone Bolivar uh, meeting them there later. Um, Important ingredient in making a margarita. Francisco de Miranda. Francisco de Miranda. leader of the Venezuelan Revolution at the time was then imprisoned in Spain, uh, so Bolivar, Simon Bolivar, took uh, the lead of the Venezuelan independence movement. Uh, he decided that they needed to take some time on Curacao to kind of lick their wounds before they could return to the revolution. McGregor didn't really give a shit about this, got bored, and left. <laughs> he then decided to serve under uh, New Granada's army, uh, under General Antonio Nariño. Um, it was also another Republican movement, again, another nationalist movement. Um, you know, Antonio Nariño. Now, again, New, now, New Granada, where exactly is this in the Caribbean? Uh, New, New Granada was uh, directly to the west of Venezuela. Okay, so it's, it's like a, it's a lump of what is probably now like Peru or Colombia. Yes. Okay. Colombia, I believe. Uh-huh. Now, he uh, took his wife to Jamaica, where he left her. Uh, he and got then... married again? Yeah, oh yeah, I told you, he got married to one of Simone Bolivar's cousins. Ah, yes, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, he left her in Jamaica. He went back to the eastern Andes, where he met with his general uh, to attempt to fight for the New Grenadians. Um, how do I put this? His <laughs> service under the Grenadians was uneventful. At best. It's like, like when you have like a competent military force or a semi-competent military force, your own pants-shittingly bad incompetence is kind of like diluted. It's kind of like yeah. watered down, right? It's it's hard to fuck up that bad when you have a good enough apparatus around you. I mean, that's that's partly why like the Union Army won the Civil War is that like we had some really shitty fucking generals, but the other the other officers we had were just like. Just, you know, competent and reliable enough that it didn't matter that the rest of them were so shitty. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, Little Napoleon, you piece of shit. Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, Napoleon. Now, uh, as Simon Bolivar's second republic in Venezuela was being crushed by uh, Spanish royalist forces, the new Grenadian nationalists also surrendered about the same time. Uh, and McGregor fucked off to Cartagena, which I... Cartagena is... I get a lot of gas. I've been drinking Gardenia a lot of is an important ingredient in tiki drinks, Justin. So I'm yeah, that's familiar. it. Yes. Um, yes, Gardenia. Yes, Gardenia um, it is an almond... Sir- it is a butter and almond syrup, I believe. Colombia. Uh, Cartagena was in Colombia. Um... <laughs> And it's in a painkiller. It is in a painkiller. <laughs> um, now, Cartagena was still within revolutionary control, uh, and McGregor attempted to block the Spanish advance using kind of scorched earth approach. Um, he got totally bent over a barrel by the Spanish. He got owned. Yeah, they blockaded Cartagena with 6,000 men, um, and they, uh, or I'm sorry, they attempted to take it by land with 6,000 men, 
uh, and could not take it uh, against the 5,000 defenders, and then just blockaded the port. Um, hmm. McGregor was there. He didn't fuck up too badly. That's basically all the notes we have about his service in Cartagena. I mean, he fucked up by being there. Yeah. Um, eventually, this battle was lost, and uh, about a dozen gunboats attempted to flee to Jamaica uh, with McGregor aboard. He went it, back. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. He went back to Venezuela under Bolivar again, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's, you know, it, it's the, the, the revolutions in South America are a fascinating time. They're also a highly complex period of history. There is a lot of ideology floating around. There is a lot of colonial history there. There's a lot of native history going on. Go listen to Dan Carlin, all right? We're not fucking... <laughs> If you if you like if if you've ever looked at a map of the Holy Roman Empire, uh, at its height, like before everything was just like you know uh, like collapsed under the single flag of the Habsburgs, when it was just like a million desperate or, or you know dis, uh, like separate polities and tiny baronies and shit, and like and your brain starts to fucking vibrate and buzz because you're trying to consider like all these interlocking relationships and how fucking complex that must have been. Uh, just imagine that, but in a place that is not fully mapped uh, and has lots of groups who uh, are, like, completely unknown factors who we don't even know, like, their names or their motives or what they want. Uh, mm-hmm. Also involved, also thrown in the mix. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Plus, Brazil... Who apparently their form of slavery is is often uh, attributed to be uh, more brutal than American chattel slavery somehow something that is already like way downplayed, uh, but apparently theirs is like even worse. So there's also that happening. Yeah, it's real hard to, to jump over that uh, you know that particular bar when it's seven feet above our heads. It's way. Um, it's actually super easy if you're in a fogo to chow though. Oh yeah. Ooh yes, I will put the green card on my table. Please, Let's I get need... some of that Brazilian. Okay, can we More actually go to a Brazilian steakhouse? Though? Yeah, there's a Fogo de Chao in Troy. Let's go. There's, a Fogo... there's also a uh, Tejas de Brazil in uh, downtown. But anyways, we'll get. I don't give a fuck which one we go to. I just want to eat a bunch of meat and a bunch of cheese bread. We'll get to it. Um, fuck me up. We'll get to all that that meat eating. I'm gonna make sure I give Bolsonaro pay tribute. You know. Yeah. Bless up. <laughs> now. He won't die. He's gotten COVID like 16 times. Never. Now, in the late 18-teens, uh, Gregor McGregor, theoretically under the orders of Simone Bolivar, um, reportedly under the orders of Simone Bolivar, took an island off of the east coast of, off of the east coast of what is now Florida. What was back then the colony of Florida under Spanish rule? Yeah, I'm sure Simone Bolivar knew all about this and gave him the green light. I'm sure. This, sure, he definitely didn't need a ton of help establishing Grand Bolivia. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, no. This this tiny island, uh, Amelia Island, which is a small, low, swampy island again off the course of uh, off the coast of florida just where the border of florida and georgia is now so it's not even like caribbean oh, it's t- florida it's, it's a like shitty north t- it's, at, florida. it's atlantic 
it's the worst yeah. part. It's the worst of both worlds. It's 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 swampy and shitty, but also the water is cold. <laughs> yes. Now, supposedly, this was theoretically going to be a revolutionary base for Simone Bolivar's forces in North America against Spanish rule. Oh man. If, if by revolutionary in... you mean the only thing that's happening on that island is fucking McGregor sitting and spinning, then yes, it is a revolutionary foothold. Yeah. Um, apparently there was, like, a population on the island of people who just, like, like they lived there. Um, and eventually, after McGregor... Uh, McGregor overwhelmed the small military garrison on the island uh, without firing a shot. Most of the island's inhabitants then left because they didn't want to deal with his bullshit. And he then declared the Republic of the Floridas. Oh my god, this is the same shit as the King of Beaver Island. This is Beaver Island shit. Okay. Fuck James Strang, motherfucker. It is, uh, this is... This is the... Yeah, this is like the... <laughs> the spiritual ancestor of the Strangite movement. Now, this was a privately funded expedition, yeah. by the way. God damn it. Of course it was. Uh, yes. At least the taxpayers um, didn't have to foot the bill. Nope. Um, but after six months, uh, the Spanish regained control of the island. Why wouldn't they? Or, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't the Spanish. No, I, I, I wrote that down wrong. It was American forces. In what year? 1817. Oh, uh, because it was off the coast of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, American forces... Yeah. Uh, Georgia's still a penal colony back then. Yeah, this is, like, I honestly, I, I, the fact that this, this could be a story in and of itself is Amelia Island. We haven't even gotten to the big scam that McGregor uh, decided to throw. His whole life has been just an elaborate scam. It's <laughs> just, like, trying to find a way to make money without really working. Yeah. He's trying to succeed in business without really trying, Justin. That's and he's failing. he's failing. He's bad. He's bad at it. A couple of years later, after even more military failures in South America, uh, McGregor left. He left South America, and he left South America to go back to England. They just don't have, they just don't have boy barrels like they do back home. We're going to wind this up a couple of, a couple of years uh, to the mid-1700s. Back when this era, uh, area of Venezuela, uh, the what is now known as the Mosquito Coast, which was populated by the Mosquito people, M-I-S-K-I-T-O, um, uh, they were a native population that had been intermingled with shipwrecked uh, African slaves. Their most powerful chieftains had been, quote-unquote, crowned by the British government in the mid-18th century in order to legitimize British rule over the area and delegitimize uh, Spanish rule. Like what Great Britain would continue to do throughout, like, the middle... Like, when they, uh, you know, when they fucking... Uh, Im what's it called? Uh, I'm sorry, my brain is fucking just absolute dog shit. That's uh, alright. When they... Oh my god. Like, when they... Pla it's like the word placed, but it's there's another word for it. I'm sorry. It's uh, they put King Faisal into power in Iraq, uh, mm -hmm. the same way where they just chose a guy 
from the aristocracy that existed before they showed up and were like yeah and legitimized it, him as ruler yeah and they're like this guy is in charge now and then you know there were shooters on that block oh yeah Saddam. Uh, <clears throat> Saddam. now the mosquito kings on the mosquito coast as they were known were descendants of these crowned kings uh as the british had just kind of fucked off out of the area after the spanish or the uh anglo-spanish convention of 1786 the only sign in the area of prior colonization was an overgrown graveyard <laughs> mm. <laughs> fitting oh, i think uh now one of these quote-unquote kings is with uh it was king george frederick augustus the first um in cape gracias adios in the gulf of honduras is this like is this like with the people who are like i'm a republican because when the revolution came to my country they took my grandparents land away from them and their business away from them and you're like, what was your grandfather's name? It's like, well, he was King Frederick Augustus, and he's in the business of owning a slave plantation. Yep. Um, now, this guy, King Frederick Augustus, was um, he was a native leader, uh, and he signed a charter s- selling off 8 million acres of uh, land on the Honduras coast, quote-unquote, 8 million acres, um, that weren't his. Hmm. God forbid uh, the state redistributes that land, though, right? Yeah, no, of course. That would, no. Um, no. Now, to be fair, George George Frederick was not truly a king. Um, he it, was a king and in all nobody's names. nobody's truly a king. No, but he also, like, he didn't have, like, an army or, like, tax men. Yeah, whatever. It's, it, was, it was entirely a ceremonial thing. Um, now, this, this land grant for, again, eight million acres of the venezuelan coast mcgregor took and like i said he fucked off back to england and this is where things get in my opinion really really interesting when he came back to england he came back with an entirely new title an entirely new persona and an entirely brand new scam one that had not been seen in england this uh yet proud of him what did he do? Gregor McGregor came back claiming to be the Kazike of Poyai. The, sorry, the what? The Kazike of Poyai. Okay, you can't uh, just say is, it again. <laughs> what the it fuck? Is, it is a, so Kazike is a Spanish-American uh, bastardization of Kazike, a tribal chieftain uh, of the Taino people. It is a Taino word that was uh, uh, bastardized into Spanish. And what is Poye? Uh, Poye was the name, uh, a, a bastardized uh, version of the name of the Poyer people uh, who live in that area of Venezuela. So he's saying that I am the Taino king of, a, of the Poyer people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Um, but because these were just exotic enough, um, they in mid-1821 earned him quite a bit of respect and admiration as well as the stories of his exploits in South America. Uh, (laughs) Now, most of London didn't know that McGregor fucked up in South America over and over and over and over again. So, when 
He returned to London. He came back to massive fanfare. And Gregor McGregor eventually became a fixture at these socialite events. Like, it was a big deal oh, he's to literally, have Gregor McGregor. He's literally the Scottish Baron Munchausen. Like, literally, that's his whole thing. Is he, that, he's an ornamental uh, hermit with a title. He's a professional liar. He gets paid to lie. <laughs> I love he it. That's what we're doing. Eventually, <laughs> he would eventually write a 350-page guidebook. I'm surprised he knows that many words. <laughs> Describing the conditions of Poye. Or Poyai. Uh, and... He then did the best that he could to scam as much money as he possibly could and as many people as he possibly could get to quote-unquote colonize Poyai. This would eventually lead to 250 people leaving London to go to Venezuela. Hmm. Oh, wait, are these the people that he got killed? Oh, then I don't care. Then, yeah, he's a great guy. He got a bunch of stupid-ass yeah, white yeah, people. Yeah, I don't give a dead. shit about these people. Oh, fuck them. Yeah, I'm glad they're dead. Yeah. More fertilizer for the fucking Amazon. Uh. I'm supposed to care about these fucking settlers. Come on. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, this 350-page guidebook, this was entirely lies. This it was is straight-up bullshit from end to end. So he just wrote the guidebook. So this is exactly like, this is what happened at the Donner Party. This guy is Baron Munchausen. If Baron Munchausen had popularized the Donner Pass. It is so much worse than that. Because, like, at the very least, there was a pass in the mountains. They just fucked up and left at the wrong time. This guy was like, yeah, there's there's farmable land. Well, they the also natives are friendly short. and pro-British. There's no bugs. Like, all <laughs> kinds of bullshit. There's no bugs in South America. These fucking rubes. Oh, my God. I'm glad they're dead. Yep. He made up the, the city capital of St. Joseph, which was a seaside town um, that, you know, you, you could fucking... You could hunt or fish, and, and there was, you know, oh, you know, all kinds of wonderful modern architecture all over the place, and there were wide boulevards and horse-drawn carriages, and again, this is a swamp. This is a swamp that you cannot plant in, you cannot domesticate animals on. There was nothing left of habitation there but an overgrown graveyard. It's literally, like, this is, this is a place that, like, indigenous people were like, no, we don't fucking live there. Why would yeah. we live there? There's nothing there. It's the fuck. Like well, it's like it's like the um um, uh, the diet law of pass. Yeah. That literally means the don't go there part. Don't Why go are there. You going there. Stop going there. You're yeah. not supposed. That to is be the here. mountain of don't go there. There are lots. Yeah, that of is the mountain of don't fucking go there because there's nothing there. Yeah, it's like literally like that's the whole thing, right? Like humans, like we're kind of hardwired in such a way where like you look at certain areas and you're just like, nope, not supposed to be there. Nope, that's not a place for me. And this sounds exactly like one of them. Oh, yeah. Hubris. Hubris. Hubris in the extreme. Now, speaking of hubris, MacGregor here, he was his eyes were getting pretty big. I get it. He was starting to look around. He was starting to get pretty greedy. Well, he's, uh, he's like, oh, I've done all these great things in my life. You know, got a bunch of fucking Anglos killed. Uh, you know, uh, well, he hasn't he hasn't sent him yet. Well, okay, he's going to. He's like, well, yeah. I, I lied and cheated my way through a bunch of like nationalist militaries, 
without ever really ha- having to like do much. Although I did kill a bunch of people. Uh, and now I'm a professional liar who's about to get a bunch of Anglos killed. Like, so far, besides, like, the military action that he actually did, doesn't sound like too bad of a guy. Like, you know, he gonna... really... There were a lot more, a lot worse guys in 1817. Oh, my God! Around. There were way worse horses in that time mm-hmm. period. Um, now, McGregor, uh, he produced a lot of very official-looking documents, including land grants... Uh, he managed to convince a bank to bankroll the uh, land in Poly or the uh, Polynesian government loans uh, to be issued on the London stock market, hmm. which they were for several years at a high interest rate. This is like when six percent. This is like when Matt Damon decided to do a crypto commercial, but got paid in dollars. He's like, no, there's a lot of money to be made in South America. I'd like all the money I make to be made in England, though, if that's a possibility. <laughs> he sold commissions in the Poyasian army and navy. Oh my god! Like this guy's feeding so into his own scam. I love this guy. This guy's mm-hmm. like, hey, well, I I paid into a scam like this before by my parents buying an ensign ship for me. So why don't I just sell fucking ensign ships and captain ships? And that's. This guy's great. He's sca- this is perfect. He's bleeding the beast. Okay, mm-hmm. just like last week, with with uh fucking <laughs> uh Hoidel and Doidel, <laughs> like this. <laughs> this is great. Charlene and Darlene. Yes, they're bleeding the beast, and that is all that can be like. Yeah. In in a time where there's like if you there's not much to do because you don't really have an ideology to like inform things. You don't have like a heuristic for the world besides self interest. Like, the best you can do is bleed the beast and fucking A-plus for fucking yeah, get effort. what you can out of it. Look at you, man. Oh. Yeah. Now, after um, a couple of years, actually probably a full decade of McGregor building up his fortunes this way and selling these commissions and selling these land grants and, like, offering free passage to, like, artisans and doctors and military officers... To this supposed land, um, he began sending off actual groups of of colonists. Uh, oh, first of my which, followers. Yes, uh, the first of which was about seventy. Um, he sent them with five thousand Bank of Poyer dollar notes, uh, which he had he had managed to get the Bank of Scotland's official printer to print for him. Oh my! Wow, God. good for him. This, is this scam is, like, in-depth. He didn't need to put this much effort into it, honestly, though. Yeah. Like, he um, already had their money. You didn't need to trick him mm-hmm. more. Now, <laughs> the really, really fun part for me was after after all of this happened and after he finally started sending colonists there, he ended up sending about 250 people in total uh, to Poyai. Um McGregor attempted to distance himself completely from the Republican movements of South America by claiming himself to be a royalist cacique. So, you know, he's just like, yeah, fuck all of it, I'm king now. Well, I mean, fuck it's it. just like, you know... It I have mean, subjects! He d- it, like, it, it never meant anything to begin with, so it, it means the same amount now. It's not like well, he's he, betraying anything. I think he's kind of starting to, like, sniff his own farts a little bit. No, I think like, he's... It's I, just, I, like, just a little bit, because he's like, oh, there's 250 people going here. I could get something going well, here. He's I not, think I could do a thing. Do you really think... Is he, 
do you really think he's like actually believing this is gonna work? No, I don't think that he thinks that Poyai is real. I think that he thinks he could get there and start like a trading colony or something. Real? Okay, that's. Oh, God damn it! They're always I... just, just too dumb for their own good. Exactly. It's a bit I too dumb. this this to me this to me is the same shit as like a guy who's like a Bigfoot hunter, like taking a bunch of like deer guts and throwing them in a cooler and being like, yeah, I found a Bigfoot. Like this is evidence. Like he, he's like, if I fake it just enough, if I fake it just enough, we'll get to the real thing. And I think that he fucked up. No, I think, I think this is definitely, this is like his Jonestown moment. This is, or this is, no, this is when Jim Jones faked the first assassination attempt where he was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. We got to move to California now. Everybody, real quick, we got to go to California right now. Uh, like, that's, this is this is the same thing, where it's just like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, it's, he's, it's not just, I think you're right that he is smelling his own farts. Uh, like, but just, he, just a little bit. But he's also, like, he's also kind of buying it a little bit. He's also like, well, hey, like, maybe I could be fucking king. Maybe I, you know, I like I. Hey, I did do all. I did trick all these people. Maybe there is something here. Maybe you know what? Maybe I do have what it takes to be a ruler. I mean, hey, what does the king really do besides, you know, shit in a pot and molest boys all day? I can yep. do that. What does a king do but send people somewhere to die? What does a king do but have his son be on the Epstein flight logs? Jesus. Um. Now, these no. 250 people who eventually did make their way to the coast of Venezuela, uh, out of those 250 people, when they landed, they sent search parties out because they found no sight of, uh, or, or no, no sign of this supposed town of St. Joseph. What? Um, so they set what? up camp and they waited for the Poyasian authorities to come get them. Oh, so they starved to death on the beach. About 200 of them died, uh, and, uh, wow. yep, so, uh, 50 of them, 50 of them shoved off to head back to England, uh, uh, presumably to be like, hey, this guy's full of shit, uh, did they die on the voyage? No, no, about 50 of them made it back, um, right after McGregor fucked off. Oh, perfect. Mm. Fuck those Like, right, right after he was like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. I love it. Because here's the thing, you got to imagine, right, like, because, so I was thinking, right, as you were t explaining, like, the grift, and I was like, oh, he's already, he already has their money, why is he doing this? It's like, well, no, when people go to colonize a place, right, when they go to become settlers, they, they, like, they, they give up basically everything, but they liquidate everything, so they try to have, like, cash in their pocket, so they yeah. have something to start, but he was like, no, I'll exchange your money for the legal tender that already exists there. So he yeah. got everything. He got the whole pot. He uh, got everything from these people. And it's like perfect. That's what they deserve. If you if you were gonna go to to the fucking quote unquote new world and go to colonize, you deserve to be fucking basically robbed at gunpoint and then left to starve to death. That's what should have happened to all of them. Oh yeah. <clears throat> now Poyet or uh, um, McGregor left London, like I said, right before these survivors uh, of this this English colonization effort came back to London. Um, and where did he go but Paris? Oh, Paris, the smell of the Rhine in the morning. Not the Rhine, and the other what, one, the Seine. And what did he do in Paris but do exactly the same fucking thing? Fucked boys, shit in a pot, lied to the he French He went people. and literally just sold 
exactly the same scam. Only he set his sights a little bigger. He actually sold these uh, shares of land to French trading companies. Stupid. No. It's gotta Very be rubes. Stupid. It's gotta be individual rubes who don't have any legal authority. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Very stupid. Moron. Um, now... There began flying out of England shortly after the uh, arrival of the Poyer, quote-unquote Poyer, survivors, uh, 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 just a scathing stream of accusations against McGregor, uh, which he, he attempted to fight a little bit in France uh, before the French government found him out as being fraudulent. Should have left, gone to Prussia. Mm. Well, he fucked off to uh, Netherlands. Basically, yeah. It's going to be mm-hmm. Prussia pretty soon. Yeah, it's gonna a few times the Netherlands technically becomes Prussia. He eventually was caught by, uh, I believe, French authorities in the Netherlands. Yeah, like maybe he should have gone to a place where like they don't collaborate with the French government. Like, I don't know, go to like Russia. They don't like the French there for a lot of reasons. Now, and if you're a royalist, Russia's a great place to be in the mid 1800s. Now, guess guess what guess what fellow's punishment was? What? No more guess, boy talking. Guess, guess what uh, he got? A, a firm slap on the wrist. They made him he eat got, a whole wheel of cheese. They got jack shit. Nice. Gregor McGregor. Gregor McGregor. After all of his fraud, after all of the evidence against him. After the piles and piles of paperwork and fake land grants and fake officer commissions and, you know, 5,000 Poyayan dollars of false currency that he printed in exchange for real currency, Gregor McGregor was acquitted. Well, financial crimes and fraud weren't, like, real crimes back then. I mean, not for the most part. Like, yep. you know, especially then. Because uh, this is actually something that gets talked about a lot when you talk about France is that uh, France, their legal system, basically did not exist until Napoleon. And then Napoleon, like, like laid the groundwork for, like, a more extensive legal system. But basically, there wasn't a legal way to, like, deal with non-royals. Like, the only people that had real rules were the people who were in power. Like, everybody else, it was just like, no, you do everything I say or I kill you. Uh, like, that's just how this works. Um, so, like, he's he's in, like, the perfect stage to commit a bunch of, like, more complex crimes that a fledgling legal system wouldn't be able to deal with. But still a fucking moron for only going to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Real dumbass, Real McGregor fun. was. I mean, it's probably, um, like, we know he's stupid. He's just, you Except know, he got away with it. Yeah, he, he fucking got away with it. He did. Um, he lived in England and Scotland until his wife's death in 1836, uh, at which point he left immediately for Venezuela and attempted to gain both his officer's commission and his pension, uh, as well as citizenship in Venezuela. I'm sure that worked out. It did. Are you fucking kidding me? After a few years, like after getting kind of fucked around by the revolutionary government and like, you know, like, oh, you know, you have to stay outside of the republic, etc., etc. Well, they didn't have cash on hand. I get that. Eventually, one of his former comrades in the Venezuelan independence movement became defense minister and actually put in good word for Gregor McGregor 
to become a citizen of Venezuela. I mean, mm-hmm. hey. And he did. You're a white man, he died, you get away with a lot. He died in Caracas in 1845 with full military honors. He spent his whole back end of his life, you know, uh, receiving his pension. He was buried at Caracas Cathedral with the president, the cabinet ministers, and all of the military chiefs of the day present. He was buried as a war hero. For what a man sitting on an island off the coast of Georgia and then getting kicked off by the Americans. Mm-hmm. Cool. I. We should all strive to live a life like Gregor McGregor. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know what? Defraud, defraud the government. Bleed the beast if you can. Do do, it. do what you can to make the buck that you can and get the fuck out. Honestly, <sighs> like I want to be retire angry. in Caracas and die happy. That That's the lesson I took from this. I like the idea yep. of retiring in Caracas. <laughs> oh man, there's uh there's no there's no call to action this episode. I mean, you could go and find Venezuela's first, uh, you know, public, uh, non-gendered bathroom. What? I mean, you, I said you can go. You can go and find Venezuela's first public non-gendered bathroom. Is that Gregor McGregor's grave? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, England's yeah. first public non-gender bathroom obviously margaret thatcher margaret grave. thatcher's yes. grave gotcha okay i'm sorry I, the joke passed over my head um that's okay it was yeah. very funny we can cut this whole part out yeah in scotland gregor mcgregor died in disgrace in caracas he died a war hero how you what do you mean he died in dis- how can you die in scotland his clan his it, well his clan won't acknowledge him well, like, hmm. i doubt he was ever part of it he would no he was he was a part of clan mcgregor how can we believe that everything else was a lie because they like we can trace his lineage, like his his lineage. We can trace his genealogy through Clan McGregor. We know who his parents were for okay. sure. All right. Well. Uh, and Clan McGregor does not have his name uh, in the Clan memorial stones, uh, and they will not acknowledge him. Whatever. I mean, so that's that's fun. They're fake people who deserve to be driven into the fucking ocean anyway. I don't care. Well, uh, that is the end of this episode of Worst in the Industry. That's just another fun little historical one. Uh, next week we'll be coming back. Colin will have an episode for us. Mm-hmm. Making and, mouth uh, gravel. Yep, we're, we're just going to grind our teeth into paste, and it's going to be fun. Thanks for listening That's once again, us. y'all. See you next week. Later. Kisses. Bye. I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I could probably get a deal with coke. If I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate, they all cute in suits, yeah, on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up, I go root to roof, they don't like that, they want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides, they go group to group, they want shoot the shit, ain't got shit to shoot till I go crazy. Go and get the baby shark and hit him with the do-do-do-do-do-do, damn. Big boy, you gotta shoot it with two hands. Couple John Doe come through like who's man's. Nah, she blew it like two grams Everyone I lose, abuse the fuse hands I'm right there on the edge of insanity Overlooking Vegas, overthinking my vanity You've been throwing shade, I'm enjoying the canopy Everybody dies, so I live out of fantasy Yeah, can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now Then I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you need to sit the fuck down, yeah.
don't even talk my shit now unless I got a reason. Everybody watching like Netflix got a new season. I'ma get rich, hit the dealership, get the new bands out. Bottom line 316, like Stone Cold says so. They bury me alive, I was dead broke. I've been living in the no flex zone. About to make a move, it's a escrow. Cooking in the kitchen, my sauce like magic. My pesto like presto. Off a little bean, that espresso. Little bit of lean, like I'm getting over chest cold. Got no chain, no, I can't chill. A ball got me feeling like a mill. Can't stay still, can't feel off a pain kill. Got the little orange pill, not the day quill. They fake with it, they ain't real. They talk about bricks, but they can't build. I'm frank with it, I'm Jake Jill. I only sold gas, I'm Hank Hill. Tank filled with the propane. It's like a 10K grill, it's throwaway. They never ask if I'm okay, I'm never okay. Everybody wanna cut, it's a dry vocal. I'm anti-love, anti-social. I'm bipolar, I'm bi-coastal. I might buy one and go postal. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit the fuck down.